We have this rare opportunity right now. There has never been a time like this before where we've been able to so easily share our voices with the world. And the planet is going through an enormous struggle and an enormous transformation right now. It's my belief that the best way forward is for each of us to find our purpose, to share our passions, and to communicate with each other so that we can amplify what we love, who we love, and those voices that need to be elevated. We turn up the volume. This isn't just another course. This is a community that will take you to the next level. You'll be guided to launch your own podcast and distribute it so that the entire world can hear it. This isn't just launching a podcast, my friends. This is about using the power of your voice to amplify what you love. That's why art is the renaissance, because truly what we need in, in humanity is people to come into contact with these feelings that, that are so smashed down and hidden. And, and, you know, we're creating all these distractions from these parts of ourselves. And, and art gives us an access point to be able to paint that, that story, to paint that feeling, to sing, uh, to call from that place and have that vibration be felt and heard. I've learned more listening to podcasts than I learned in my two years of college. Right now is a great opportunity to leverage the power of voice. No one's going to be able to offer the world what you can. It took someone else that had a bigger vision than me to be able to show me the way. And so now that we're here, we can show others the way. What if you can do what you love to fight what you hate? Be On Air, powered by Podcast Farm. Welcome back to Be On Air. I'm your host, Kaylee Marks. And today I have brought three brothers, three really special brothers that are at different parts of the earth right now. It's a miracle that we have gathered here at the same time, different places, to bring you conversation about what's up for each of us, about what we love, about what we're passionate about, about maybe what is upsetting us right now, and to what is it what is it like to be alive in 2021? It's April 14th as as men in society. And I feel like this conversation is something that needs to happen more often. And we've been in Clubhouse having this. And so I'm really happy to pull this this little pod of people and share that with you guys. What is up, fam? We got Luke, we got Kevin, we got Shrikala. Guys, I'm so grateful that you could all make some time to to join me and my audience, my beautiful, lovely audience. We have some amazing listeners out there tuning in. And um, yes, I thought we could start by just round-robining. Robining? Is that a word? Round-robining. I like that uh, word. Yeah, it's it's a word now. And maybe Shrikala, maybe you could start us off. Uh, who are you and what are you up to in the world right now? Well, I like the idea of, uh, of, of robining you know, and creating a new language. This, this, the, the beauty of taking words and reshaping them and bringing new 
new new meanings to things that have been around for some time. I love the ancient. I love what has what has come previously a thousand years ago, five thousand years ago, five hundred years ago. I love to understand that. I love to live in that. I love to 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 study that. And then I love the future. I love just being being way into the future, like way way into the future. Uh, and so that being said, I'm someone that you know I I, I studied the Bhagavad Gita. I I. You know, I do my breath work. I do, I do my tai chi. I do. Uh, I like to know the sciences that can that can keep my body well, keep my mind focused, keep my heart aligned to to the truth, and also uh, um, keep my heart open enough to be generous with the world around me. And uh, that that is a, a connection to the ancients and what has always been there. And then I also like the future. I also love the innovation. I also love, you know, like I had in high school, I was part of a hacking crew. You know, it's like technology is 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 everything to me. I love it. I love the ability that we get to pour all of this love that's being cultivated and passed down from tradition to tradition to from disciple to guru, from et cetera, et cetera, passing down all this love, all this vibe. And embedding it into the technology and using the technology to just see how far we can we can love and 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 that's why I like being on this this podcast with you because I know that's what you're about and I know that's what my brother is here to my right and 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 to to my my diagonal this way is about and I feel like uh, it's such a blessing to circle up because I can't do this on my own it's actually my charts that it's not possible for me to do things on my own actually need the the right elements around me to even finish things. And so, you know, that's a small glimpse of of me where I could where I could leave that. It's so good to have you here, Srikala. Oh, what a blessing. Uh, I've been in your I feel like I've been in your orbit for for several years listening to your music and um, you know, uh, it's it's you have a one song already here also known as already here now and uh, i feel like that was a really strong invitation into the present and into the bridge between the present and the future so thank you for being here and we will we will definitely interweave some music throughout this episode so people can tune in and some different offerings from each of my brothers here so uh kevin would you would you also share what are you up to what is what is your journey yeah aloha family so good to be here with y'all some legends clubhouse to the podcast you know building these techno spirit bridges i love that um yeah what am i into right now well i mean krishnamurti said it best you know 50 60 years ago maybe more than that you know the crisis is a crisis in consciousness it's not a mark not a crisis in markets or military industrial complex or you know this country and that country and ideology it's just a crisis in consciousness the consciousness that's wielding godlike technology and weaponry and um, vast influence over the biosphere and each other is still running on paleolithic emotions and limbic hijacking and, and uh, rivalrous games, ego-based consciousness, which is a deadly cocktail. And those of us that have been, you know, on the mat, in the dojo, in the ashram, doing the shadow work, you know, sitting with plants, we can all feel it. 
And even the people who don't do any of those things can feel it. So that's what I'm most interested in right now is what are the stories and narratives and linguistic structures that we can enunciate, articulate, and most importantly, embody that will tell a new story about humanity here in 2021. And the 20, I think the 2020s are a decisive decade. They're a decisive decade for this century and humanity's future. And I think that's pretty evident here in 2021. You know, we're only two years in, not even two years into the decade. And it's, it's hot. It's hot, you know. So that's what I'm most interested in. My role in that, what I do, you know, I'm a speaker. I'm a storyteller. I'm an author. A lot of my work is centered around um, the hero's journey and the rites of passage for men, the archetype of initiation for the masculine. Um, how that relates to, to the feminine and, and the tantric ways of actually um, embodying and meeting the feminine within as a man, so then you can do it without, with a partner. Um, I'm also heavily influenced by, you know, the tradition of philosophy. So the good, the true, and the beautiful. This is the Pythagorean, which is where Plato got trained. It's the Pythagorean school. These are the major areas in the, in the Western mystery school of where to aim at, the good, the true, and the beautiful. And so Western society is at kind of the pinnacle right now. And, you know, the East is certainly the sleeping dragon of China is in play as well, not sleeping anymore. But the Western tradition really, to my mind, as a philosopher, as a writer, as a, as a creator, as a poet, as a bard, you know, we got to bring that back to the forefront. So that's what I'm here for. Good to be with you, gents. Yeah, and you know, I heard you speaking in Clubhouse, Kevin. That was, I maybe had seen you out there in the interwebs, but I hadn't ever heard you speak. And you know, one of the things Clubhouse does is it gives us this immediate snapshot kind of understanding of someone based on their voice. And uh, I've I've so enjoyed the rooms that you've facilitated and the conversations that have been happening. And uh, I've been in in several rooms with all three of you. And that's why I knew that this needed to happen, that I wanted to bring you on and, and have a, a recorded conversation on the air. And on this, on this point about the hero's journey and these archetypes, you know, one, one archetype that comes to mind is of the Knights of the Round Table. And this idea of how important it is as brothers, as men, that we gather together and check in about what's going on in reality, in our life, in our families, in our communities, and and decide, you know, how to show up in, in more and more um, aware, conscious, and, and intentional ways, I think. And so uh, next, you know, you mentioned Bard. And the first time I actually heard that word in a long time was in Luke's bio, I think on Instagram or something. Luke, I've, I've seen you as well throughout the internet, but I had never gotten a chance to interact in also in Clubhouse is when I really started to hear you speak and share, uh, you know, what you've been working on in your life and your heart. And so I'm really, really excited to, uh, to have your voice here. And so I'd love it if you'd introduce yourself to the audience and, and share what you're up to in the world. Blessings. Thank you, Kaylee, for, uh, catalyzing this this beautiful round table as you called it love both of these brothers very dearly from different stages of the journey all converging at this time so i'm just uh yeah feeling a lot of gratitude in my heart to be in this council today um yeah for me bard, bard is a is is the adequate word I've, I've had different stages of the journey where i've had to kind of let go of some identifications you know how i how i oriented as me in in connection with life 
uh, not so much in the internal landscapes, but interfacing with the with uh, the world at large. And Bard was something that came to me through a friend, actually, who I'm living with here, Just Magic, introduced me to this word. And just to just to bring context, because this will this will tie into what I'm most excited about, what I'm up to. A bard in the medieval times was a songwriter, verse maker, a storyteller, a poet, a musician that would sort of bring the good news from kingdom to kingdom. So if you know the feudal system and how it's set up, a lot of people couldn't leave because they had the protection of that of that sort of system. They had the, the huge gates and, you know, everything was there. And so they didn't really travel much. So the bard would bring all this wild, you know, uh, exotic energy from their travels, you know, and, and they were a little gangster too, because they were traveling between the kingdoms. You got thieves on the road, you know, all these different things that can mess. And so just gaining these positive, positive stories and, and bringing the good news from kingdom to kingdom. Now, as I went deeper into the mythology of the bard, I found that it was actually alive in the Celtic and Druid traditions, which, you know, is something that I've been reclaiming in my own lineage, my own Irish ancestry. And as I reclaimed those ancestral ties, I understood that a bard in their tradition awakens soul energy through sound and transmission and that they would spend 30 years in initiation before they were allowed to start to do that work. And I feel like my life has been a sequence of initiations and to finally claim Bard and come out in the world and start to share these stories and start to share these narratives, to offer my music, to offer my poetry again, sort of more refined over the years, feels really good. feels really fulfilling. And, and I'm not trying to be anything I'm not. I'm just a human being here. I've had some support in my life. I have a deep remembrance of who I've been beyond this form. And I'm here to translate. I'm here to translate the invisible stuff that goes on between human beings inside of ourselves, the world at large, and the evolution that we're undergoing in consciousness as a, as a humanity. I'm really about that unity. I'm really here to, to, to help carry the narratives of where we're all related, how we're connected, why we're connected, the, the beautiful diversity and cultural nuances that can add value to the evolution of consciousness and the healing of the nations. And so, yeah, I've been really enjoying Clubhouse and building with beautiful relatives around the world, uh, all my relations in, in different regions and, you know, environments that I've, that I've cultivated connections with over the years and, and meeting new allies. And that's really exciting to me. This is a big context of how I know Srikala is in the context of community and, and, and creating a space for people to gather and heal and activate and get inspired through art and music and culture and through sacred traditions, as he's named. Same thing with Kevin in, in another version. So, you know, for me, the bard is just one tip of my sort of structure. The other two pillars would be uh, ecopreneurship, which is uh, entrepreneurship that's informed from a value-based system of the next seven generations. And then um, community building, just, just really like how can we do business relationships community just better and better and better more optimized more more benevolent and so co-founding benevolent culture with kevin and hopefully shri and a bunch of others that want to build with us uh on clubhouse and beyond and uh currently residing on the beautiful indonesian island of bali with a lot of reverence and gratitude that life brought me here with that i'm in <laughs> we get to hear those beautiful birds in the background too to 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 share a little bit of that Balinese vibe. So thank you for that. You know, I'm getting, I'm getting a strong archetypal tarot kind of download about a lot of what was just said and the importance of, of storytelling and the importance of embodying these archetypes. And it's almost like 
we go out into the world and survey and quest and investigate. And these moments where we get to come together and share and kind of, you know, put our heads together and share notes, this idea of a think tank, this idea of a mastermind, I really, I'm really excited about the round table. So one question that I have for the group is what are the marching orders that, that y'all have kind of resonated with right now as, as love warriors, I'll, I'll name us all love warriors. Cause I feel like, you know, I've been in enough rooms with you to feel each of your hearts and she has spent quite a bit more time with you. And yeah, so I, I consider you all love warriors and heart warriors. So what is the marching orders for, for each of you right now in today's age? Like what is the primary directive? And obviously that'll differ for each of us, but I, I wanted to put that question out. Hmm. I wonder if we could remix that word. Yeah. I like it. Marching I, lo- I love war metaphors as long as we understand <laughs> that the war is, is inside and with ourselves and we're not fighting any other humans per se, although we kind of are too. It's a whole other rabbit hole. Um, it, it's very clear to me what the marching orders could be for everyone. And this applies to literally everyone. You know, as soon as Corona hit and the world exploded into some chaos, you know, it's, it's time to go. So if you're waiting to tell that person you love them, if you're waiting to share your art, music, culture, if you're waiting to start a business, if you're waiting to take the trip, you know, life is at a point now where, to my mind, it's like, let's fucking go. So take risks, like reach, reach out, you know, like sovereign, sovereign focus your whole reality. Get your money out of banks, get into blockchain, you know. Get, move away from toxic cities and communities. Plant a garden. Find the others. You know, leave codependent, toxic relationships and family structures. Find sovereign interunity. So th- this is this is to me. It, I mean, it's it's very broad, but it's very clear in the clarion call of our time right now. It's 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 make moves. Like it's time. Oh, yes, yes. The marching orders. <laughs> I feel like I feel like. Uh, well, well, first off, I love that. I, I love everything that you just brought in, and I love that uh, uh, Luke's first response was like, "I want to redefine the word marching orders." It almost like speaks to just your your vibe and your nature of just taking something and wanting to kind of like shape it in a way for for others to to be more relevant to connect. And so I'm honoring that. And I feel like that's part of your marching orders. That's <laughs> to, to find the word marching order. <laughs> it's my rebel, man. Don't tell me how to march. I take no orders. <laughs> God is my only commander. Plus yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's very, words are powerful and are, they're labels. And each of us have a different mind movie about what the label means, right? And so I think remixing, redefining, and then this idea of consensus, which is sort of what I was hearing from you, Kevin, is this idea of, of you know, interdependence and harmony and how do, we, how do we decide what society is? And so what I was just hearing from you was decentralize, move towards a, a new model, like not, we can't really salvage certain aspects of the current model. So move towards these new models, decentralized, return to local community, return to, to that tight knit community. And I mean, yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy what happened this last year in 2020 with COVID with 
you know, I was teaching in this, in public schools while this was happening. I was teaching in Catholic schools. I was teaching magic. Sleight of hand magic is so, so bizarre to be teaching that in a Catholic school. <laughs> Who do you know teaches magic? They were, and they were awesome. paying me, but That's it was called awesome. tricks and fun, <laughs> tricks and fun, not magic. Cause magic you can make money on whatever you want to. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's beautiful. So, you know, to, to just go from full on society to, to completely shut down, lockdown, uh, was, was bizarre. It was bizarre. That's the only way I can, I can think of it and no food. You know, that was the first thing when, when stuff started to run out, no toilet paper, that was another huge issue. Mm. Uh, obviously not for people like the entire country of India knows how to, how to deal with that. Um, but, (laughs) but you know, so we, it, it became way more clear the importance of local community, right? So like we immediately got signed up with the local CSA and started to to just get vegetables from people in our community and even that maxed out and they couldn't they could only feed so much cuz the demand was so high so it became really clear how far away cities have have come from any form of sustainable uh you know of, of any sort of sustainability so you know she you're 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 in LA right now and it's you yes. know, that's that's a huge sprawl how are you doing over there what is life like there right now what is the marching well, orders as an urban as an urban king? Well, I, I love cities. And I, I feel like if, if somebody wants to be in a city and that's where the divine has guided them to be, I think that that's a beautiful place for them to, to exist in. And I, I you know, the, the, uh, a beautiful thing that, that I noticed Kevin did when you asked the marching orders question, and he was like, um, and then Luke was like, Oh yeah, how can we redefine that word? And then Kevin was just like, "Nah, I like that word." You know, that's 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 the vibe. Marching orders. I could I could dig I could dig some war right now, and I feel like that is um that's a a a, a beauty to to his design, and and that really reflects back into what my marching orders right now are, is to be myself completely, like be utterly and deeply myself, like where I am is is what's up um really tuning into to what my what my gut is saying what my belly is saying what my heart is saying like what's what's really true because there's so many different stories happening right now so many uh captions and so many stories and so many angles of news that are coming in and and conspiracy theories and take the vaccine don't take the vaccine you know uh families at, at, at war because half the family is taking the vaccine. Another part of the family doesn't want it. Like, what are we going to do here? You know? And so what, what feels super real to me is really allowing myself to take the time to really know where the guidance is and, and, and really working on that and being real to that, being real to what my art and how love passes through me. And so my marching orders of, of late has been uh, not only that that tuning in, tuned to the station with infinite creation on earth to whom we show motherly relation against the machines we rage in as we raise the vibration. That was a shout out to, to Luke there, old, old project we had going. Uh, <laughs> so to being able to tune into the station and then at the same time uh, learning for myself how to be that, that, that easeful king. Like right now, I'm running a, a social media agency. I'm also um, 
we're, we're, we're moving forward pretty heavily with a, an artist collective uh, by the name of Unique Masterpiece, which, which you are also, we're honored to have you uh, work on the podcast for, for, for this project. And in these in these like circles, these 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 bodies of 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 loving offerings to the world, learning what my job is in that, like, and being true to what my job is, which might not be inside of everything, doing every little part, but kind of just resting back and being confident enough to to have the vision, and then spark a circle that can execute on that vision. And and that's been the most uh, nourishing thing for me right now is to is to is to have the ideas, uh, create some detail around it, and then get the circle get the circle up of of minds and and bodies and, and heads to trust even that they will hold down the parts that they need to hold down, and I can even move out of the circle and say, hey, you guys, here's my idea, here's 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 where the love is flowing. Take it. I'll be over here, you know, and then I'll check in to see how things are going. I think that that's like a a really important space for me to be in right now. As as um, what I want to anchor in and what I am anchoring in is 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 bigger than anything that I can do on my own, and it's it's part of this 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 king. It's part of this royalty that's that's being asked to to be present to in every moment of the day, and so. The marching orders is doing the work to stay in tune with with what is true for me, what is true for the divine guidance that wants to come through me, and then how that is executed so that thing comes into the world in a powerful way, in a, in in an in a, an efficient way, in a way where we can really catalyze uh, a lot of um, evolution for the planet. And, and bring some love to the art right now. Art is the renaissance for me personally. And art is the renaissance that is coming into the planet. And the ability for us to impress upon uh, a song or a painting or, or, or a movie, uh, our vibration, our energy, and have that go beyond us. It's huge for us to make a song, put the vibes in the song, and then have the song go off and do its own thing, you know? <laughs> I think that's that's what I want to support. That's what Unique Masterpiece is about. That's that's what that's what I'm excited to do is to support artists and support the people that they're so creative that they don't even want to think about organization. They don't want to think about marketing. You know, so they shouldn't have to. And so so the the um everything that we're doing is to create a platform that supports the raw movement of that that love, that genius, that energy into the art so that we could have that happening on a bigger scale uh, so that we could, we could eat vegan cheesecakes whenever we want. <laughs> Everybody's got to eat. We all got to eat. It's Everybody's like got to eat. Everybody's got to have a cheesecake on their side, you know? Yeah. You got like raw vegan cheesecake too. Is that one? Is that an option? Oh, yeah. Yo, bro, well, I love you know? cheesecakes so much. So we're going to be good friends, bro. There it is. With, there with, it is. Keto, keto cheesecake for me, though. With regenerative, yeah. sustainably harvested avocados and cashews <laughs> that are replenishing for the next seven years. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I'm really glad that you brought up some of those points. What I was hearing from that was this almost like the delegation that's required to be a king is enormous. 
it's it's enormous and it's like um for me in my experience of it it's very uh it's it's frightening in a way of giving over your trust and trusting someone with your baby you know like unique masterpiece is something that i've cared for for a few years now and now it's like okay here you know and it's not just giving it away i'm not giving it away but i'm trusting others you know mm. and and trusting others from an awareness of my own gut like okay i got to do my hip circles i got to turn on that music and dance and, and connect so that when that when that idea when that thought when that person comes up to me i can feel if it's a yes or a no and i can just decide right then and there and just not have all that hesitation in my body you know and so like like kevin was saying this is the year of where the hesitation goes out you know this is the year where we decide faster and we make things happen faster Yes, love this. There's some massive codes. Feeling the inspiration around that delegation. Kevin and I have been talking about this a lot. So we're calling in like high level VA right now. <laughs> and I think about the years that I've done way more than I should be doing out of a deep love and devotion, but not my kuleana, so to speak. I have a video out there talking about this word kuleana, and I thought about that when you were sharing Sri. What's what's your, what's your sacred responsibility? What's actually yours to do? You know, this is a, a powerful call for humanity. And I think that this year, kind of to tie in both your guys' shares, if I'll, if I'll weave it into that whole theme, synthesize, is, yeah, it's that, it's that kuleana, like, it, this is the time to get with what's yours to really do, your purpose, the gifts that actualize your purpose, and letting go of what's not yours to do. You know, with the great, I call it the great pause. What happened last year was the great pause. I know a lot of artists, a lot of community builders and people that were touring that had to get still. And in that pattern interruption, they had to get real with some feelings, with some patterns, with some behaviors that were no longer serving for a while, myself included, big time. And so I think if we keep showing up for that, which is truly ours to do our purpose and allow them, you know, many of us have a multitude of gifts, knowing that those gifts are expressions to realize that purpose. And so, you know, I think that the gift of these pattern interruptions, the gift, the silver lining or the golden threads of this whole pandemic, I mean, pandemic, um, is the, the opportunity to um, really step in to your kuleana, that, that which is your sacred responsibility and, and, and serve. And you're going to see that. We're seeing the bifurcation of, you know, are, are you just getting swept in the, in the, in the collective energy and swirled and move in a very specific direction? Or are you, are you choosing from the gut core orientation of your own soul, your own heart, your own, the own wisdom of your body's intelligence, like the deep, innate, natural wisdom of just this human body holds when we attune to it, when we ground into it. And so I think that there's a, powerful invitation to humanity to recognize what's at risk and, and also the potential. So the, 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 that sort of contrast is getting pretty profound. And I say potential, I'm talking about deep alignment with mother earth and how grounded spirituality can inform profound technologies, organic time, uh, the rhythms and cycles that, that, that are life giving, they're not extractive and they're not based in entropy. They're based in, in life-giving principles. And the other potential that we can go in, into a into a 
contrived time experience where we're, we are no longer sovereign beings, but under the, under the rule of, of an external king, an external queen, an externalized authority. And that inorganic time is, is, is quite entropic. It, it is not life-giving. It is, it is parasitic. And so if we can acknowledge that with love and, and, and it's not, it's not condemning anyone. Everyone has the free will and choice. That's, that's earth school. We get to decide, we get to grow and learn. Um, I'm personally inspired about the, the benevolent potential of a new Renaissance through art, as Sri was calling it, how, how we get to, how we get to create art, how that informs the world and the beauty. Um, I'll close by a quote that I often like to share with people to plant the seed of what I'm talking about is that we're moving from time is money into time is art. It's a quote by Jose Aguilaris. Moving from time is money to time is art. So if we are truly eternal beings having this experience in these bodies, these souls within this time-space experience, and we're actually in contact with that quality of our eternity, what do we want to, how do we want to make best use of our time? And I think the beautiful and the true as kevin's talked about we're going to add that we're going to contribute that that's our that's ours to do right so my marching orders is to make a more beautiful world that works for everybody and to invite people and and really help illuminate that contrast right now that like okay your, your choices have impact you matter what you are choosing to give your energy to your time and energy your money your resources matters and here's some options that are available to consider with your own free will and sovereignty to, to align with because it may, may feel a lot better. So I'll keep it at that. Possibilities, opportunities, more opportunities, more, more room to choose. I really appreciate that. And as you know, just tuning in with the listeners, obviously these gentlemen have a way with words and, as podcasters, as broadcasters, we rely on the voice. We rely on our words to connect and to uh, spread our message, spread our work, spread spread you know the love. So I'm kind of curious, Kevin. Uh, we haven't heard from you in a second. I, I'd be curious if, uh, if you want to tune in on this on this king archetype on on the hero's journey that we're all going through, and and sort of how you are uh, integrating that. Yeah, I mean, King is huge, and what Shri's talking to is a big part of the King energy, which is all about command. So the King is, is commanding, right? You think about Arthur. Like, Arthur still was, was on quests, and he was, you know, talking to his knights, Gawain, Lancelot, you know, these, the, the, the boys, you know, the other warriors that serve him. Um, juice bar. Cold press juice <laughs> is being made next to me. Yeah. Um, but basically, you know, when the king is in, in power, he's not, he's not leaving the throne because he's needed to hold a sovereign pillar. So there's a delegation, there's a command, there's an outsourcing that happens. And if it's benevolent, it's actually lift, it's empowering because you're, you're, you're offering trust and you're, you're in command. It's not power over. It's actually, I trust you so much. I love you so much. I need you to do this. We get to do this together. It's very collaborative. And actually, the person that is receiving the command can receive a lot of medicine and power from that because receiving the blessing of the king is extremely important. And so the, the king in many cultures, you know, you can look at Mesopotamia, Ur, ancient China, even the Mayan Aztec, like the king, the pharaoh in Egypt, 
you know, he's seen as a representation of the fertility and the generative nature of the kingdom itself. And in many traditions, it's like they thought the king was a representation of God, of the gods. Um, and this is why if the king gets fucked up and, well, you look around in America, look around in Europe, Canada, Australia, a lot of these guys are tyrants, which is the shadow polarity of the king, um, which reflects on the whole kingdom, right? And queens, there's a similar and mirrored archetype for queens, right? Some cultures were matrilinear, and so they had um, female queens or empresses. But that energy, the sovereign energy, is a really important thing that comes online in a lifetime. You know, it doesn't happen in your 30s. probably doesn't even happen in your 40s. Um, Robert Moore, the preeminent scholar of a lot of this stuff, he really believed in, in a 60-year or 40-year psychotherapy practice. You know, most, most men won't manifest the king until their 50s. And it's cool, like we call ourselves king in the conscious community, but this is like an integrated, mature, masculine personality structure that can actually hold high-level energy at the level of business, family, feminine relations, the earth, and his own body, right? And I think, I think he was right, you know. It's, it's cool that I can call you a king and you call me a king, and you know. But actually, the, before we get to king, there's the early, middle, and late prince archetypes, which prince gets a bad rap maybe because of our Disney programming. But the prince is a beautiful energy of, of, of conquering and then seeking and questing and then building and diplomacy. The prince is just a king to be. So this is a really important archetype for humanity right now. Um, and again, the word princess has a connotation around Disney for a lot of us. But it's the same thing with the queen and all the, all the, the feminine out there, those feminine beings. Their, their maturity into that sovereignty is going to be a definitive factor in this generation for the elders that will steward the next generation. So when you talk about seven generations, like, let's just face it, in the West, we don't have a strong elder culture. We have an older culture. We drug them up, we put them in homes to die. There's no, there's no, there's no pretty way to say it, okay? And this is pretty much, well, it's not the case everywhere. Here in Indonesia, um, elders are honored. They still participate in ceremonies, even at like age 80, 90. Um, in, in China and in the, in, the, in the East, it's a little different. Very strong familial piety from that Confucian medicine. We need to create an elder culture. The king and queen archetype are, are a very important part of elder culture because that sovereign work, the initiation that a being has to go through. And, and to be fair, not everyone's called. This is not for everybody. Not everyone is going to manifest that archetype. And that's okay. As Sri said, like you go to the circle, you go to that round table, people are playing their roles. It's just like a well-oiled, you know, sports team or, you know, to go back to the military the military is in its core essence is to protect and serve. Um, go back to ancient Greece, not to dominate and conquer, but you know, that well-oiled machine, that team synergy. Um, this is how humanity naturally is encoded to operate. We all have archetypes to bring to the table. So it's really important to understand that for this Aquarian Renaissance we're entering. I think it's, I think it's also important just to, just to tag off that for a moment is the, is the shadow associations that happens with those words because of the past feudal systems and all the hierarchical distortion of like, like let's be really clear that we're, we're actually redefining what these terms mean from a benevolent culture standpoint. So I'll just speak for myself. When I, use the word king or choose to use the word king it's the inherent claiming of your divinity it's 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 the rulership over the kingdom within that then creates the echo into the external that creates the echo into 
the world. And I think that's a really important distinction. And, and I know Sri has codes for this and is living that and, and Kevin Alt and everyone here. And, and as, as kings in training or kings already, like I, I appreciate the, the, the natural life cycle. And I think there is a, there's a quality of kingship that's emerging in the culture because we have not claimed it. A lot of beautiful um, people out there don't know their ancestry or don't know their regality or their royalty, right? Because we're in a, a slave-based system of monetary prison culture for school, public school, like all of that is, is in the feudal codex. And so for people to pop out of that and claim their own king is actually a necessary stage for the collective to go through of where the divinity is now and where the kingship, queenship is now as an internal experience breaking free from a debt-based system, so to speak. So I, I can go in on this for a while, but I want to I want to give Sri some love to 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 add his flavor of what his understanding of king is, so that we can sense make this word. Because I think there, between the three of us, we're going to really land what the new archetypal energy of the king is in these times. Well, I really love what you said. I think that 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 brings it home really nicely. Just this the vibe of the king being a vibration that you learn, you go through your your prince. And you and you master the art of of what it means to stay in your center and and emanate out. I think uh, one of the things that this makes me think of is, is cryptocurrency. I know we're all we're all in the cryptocurrency world, ding, ding, you know, ding. <laughs> and and it's like um, you know, there's been so much time where I just didn't participate in cryptocurrency. And the reason was, and the reason still that I, I still have this vibe, even though I am my own some coin now, but the, the reason is because I come from a lineage and an understanding that you make as much money as you want when it, whenever you need it. It's a science. You learn it. You, you, you tune into that, that magnet, that king. You emanate it out and you have money come to you. You, you, you step into that king in such a way where you can tell someone, here is who I am. This is, you know, I make music. I'm also an, a creative coach. You know, I could take, you know, if you need to, to, to get free from that creative block, if you have an emotion that you haven't felt yet, I can help you uh, to feel that and to create art out of that and make a masterpiece from that. You know? To be able to, to just roll up and share, this is who I am. This is what I bring. Who are you? And what do you need help with? And how can we how can we make that connection? And then here's how much it costs. You know, put that price on it. I think it's it's a science in itself. It's a it's a it's a state of mastery in itself. It's it's a it's a it's a science that that we all kind of some want to learn it, some never get a chance to learn it. But ultimately, bringing this in because this is the lineage that I came from. This is the lineage that I hold and I'm even still cultivating the understanding of now is that when I need money, I make it. If I want to see that number go up, I know how to make it go up. I don't have to rely on the possibility of it going up or not going up or sometimes it going down and sometimes it going up and being like, whoa, what's going on with this, with this, this, this currency that moves <laughs> all over the place constantly, you know? And, and so I was always in circles of people talking about this. You know, I went to a couple of meetups where they have big conversations about this. And it was always just like, eh, you know, 
I could, I could just I could just make that amount, you know. Like, why wait a year for it to get to ten thousand for me to make ten thousand when I can just make ten thousand tomorrow, you know? And and when I can go to this teacher that can that can align my internal being in a way where I can create that and activate that, I feel I you know, and I'll just straight up say it. I feel a lot of times cryptocurrency and even the, the this NFT world, which we can kind of talk about a little later. But even this world can be a way that people think they can ex- escape their own internal uh, mastery. And like, I could just skip my own internal mastery and do this thing and have it make a lot of money. And I don't have to think about the being that I need to become to hold that, that treasury. And, but now, as it, as it clashes together, it's like this whole world of cryptocurrency and art has really given me a, a a deep desire of it, you know. And I think the last conversation that I had was with Luke. I was standing out on my balcony, and he was like, "Bro, it's time, bro. It's time for you to get into cryptocurrency, you know." And, and he was just like, like, like giving me the download, you know. And I've heard this download before, but he, but the way he was giving it to me, it was like it was in a really nice, like perfect kind of time frame. And then NFTs literally came in right after that, and it was just like, okay, cool, something is going on here. And then seeing the value of how art can have an access back into the world through non-fungible tokens, it really gave me uh, an access point where I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to buy some coins, you know, and since, since then, you know, it's, it's gone up, you know, my Ethereum's gone up, Bitcoin's gone up. It's like, what, let's, let's get it. But I finished, I'll finish with saying like the combination of the two of those things is like, yes, having, having the mastery this is something that I am interested in being able to actualize what I imagine. Is it true? Yes, it's true. How do you actually do it? How do you actually live the 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 secret? You know, it was a big thing, you know, but but people were, were trying to do it and nothing was happening. There was no crypto when there was the secret. Right? Yeah. And so people were trying to live the secret and like, you know, trying to visualize and nothing's happening. What do I do? You know? But there's an actual kind of clearing out of the trauma. There's an actual like 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 depth that you cleaning that needs to happen in the heart, in the in the mind, in the body. And so actually getting to go through that process and then actually walking right to the thing that you want, learning how to do that, and then stepping into cryptocurrency from that space is really powerful because now it's like fun to me. You know, watching my wallet go like this is super entertaining. <laughs> it's super entertaining. Uh, gas fees. People are like, we got to figure out the place where there's less gas fees. I'm like, whatever. Just put my freaking art up. You know, I don't really even care about the gas fees. It's all fun. It's all fun to me. There's not like that big of an up and down push pull reality here. Well, what's funny now about the like, marketry too is what you're talking about with like, say, like you know, someone didn't work on their purpose and they became a crypto millionaire, which a ton of people did, by the way. People bought Bitcoin when it was 30 cents. You know, look at it now. All time high, yeah. 64K as of today. Um, what's beautiful about the universal design around money and energy and value, it's ultimately value. You know, now they have all their needs met. Millions and millions and millions. They might buy the Lambos, go through the phase and then guess what's left? Them. And, and the unfelt feelings and their purpose, their mission, those, those tensions in their life. And I've talked to some of these people that, you know, did it in the stock market. Same story. Massive, massive money. Not from living their purpose, gifting art, whatever. And then that becomes the imperative. 
because life is there to be like, hey, all your needs are met. There's nothing that can stop you from feeling this now. So it's tough. yeah, yeah. This is this is very much. It's like identity, you know, tying this back to the prince and the king. It's like there's this rite of passage that happens between the two that. Uh, for many youth is severely lacking now, right? We don't have as much access to that. And that shape that shapes our identity, that shapes our self-efficacy, that shapes how we show up in the world and what we think we're possible, what we think is possible for us. And Sri, what you were saying, it's like something the thing that has to shift is our identity, like what we believe is possible for ourselves, what we believe is is true about ourselves. And I mean, that really ties into mental health and it ties into our self-talk and, and this idea that, you know, abracadabra, it is, it, it is created as it is spoken and how, you know, or Don Miguel Ruiz, how, you know, be impeccable with, with your word and how important it is, how our language affects our own behavior and our own, our own expression out there in the world. And, you know, if, if a prince has a whole bunch of money you know, I think in, in that book, there's the, the high chair tyrant, right? It's like the, the, it's, it's also sort of like a, a dense form of the king, right? Is, is an immature leader, immature person with lots of power and lots of energy. And, you know, that can cause a lot of damage really quickly is, is a lot of money in the wrong hands too. It's like electricity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like electricity, it's 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 fun because it's it's a game. Anything with all these numbers, it's it's we get the opportunity to play. That's it's like Mario Kart. Frequency. Say that again. That's a new Renaissance frequency. Huh. Uh, is is, you know, my understanding of prosperity and how how I work with that energy in my life is is understanding that money's neutral in essence, and that we we shape we shape it. We give it the meaning based on our conditioning mm-hmm. or our orientation. And so this idea that it can be fun is a beautiful, like that has a renaissance energy to it. It's a different perspective to money to allow it to be a tool to add value in, into, again, creating more beauty in the world, right? Not just survive or not just, you know, accumulate, but to, but to contribute. And so I think what's really cool about these, this um, transition we're in, like having crypto, and these things become more popularized and, and more and more adoption. And yes, you have the old money culture inside of it. People just want to make money and come in. And as we named, you know, people are still going to have themselves at the end of the day. But the, the, the cool thing about this right now is the shifting of a, of a, of a new system of peer-to-peer currency. Mm. And, and mm-hmm. that we're, we're in this early adoption stage. Like if you're getting into crypto now, you're still an early adopter in comparison to the rest of humanity. Yeah. And so there's still an opportunity to shape culture around around what we define as money. Like, what are the value systems that we're imbuing in these new systems? Because it's still it's still being defined right now. It's still it's still forming. It's still formulating. It's still emerging. And there's so many memes and themes and ideas and archetypes just in the crypto space alone. And how <laughs> NFTs brings the art space into it. And all these sectors that would never relate. You got like tech bros and investors and artists in the same space for the first time. They're like trying to figure out the culture that's actually happening right now. And it's, it's great. I love it. I love this element of how new currency and the, this portal of prosperity that's opening as an opportunity for humanity to transition out of the debt-based um, war prison 
you know, you know, I don't, I don't need to give it all the bad names. You already know how it functions. If you don't, you know, Kevin can send you some links, but, um, <laughs> the, <laughs> the opportunity to, to, to play, play with the energy and have fun is the very frequency and vibration that we actually need to be in to steward wealth at the level that's going to add value to humanity, you know, in, in, in a positive way, you know, not, not in play games in the, in the billionaire unconscious, you know, who cares way. I'm talking about like, this is fun. Let's engage with life. This is life force energy that I get to move with my attention and awareness and focus and then choose how I'm adding value. And what is the ripple? How am I voting with my time, energy, attention? How am I voting with my dollar? What do I want to give my energy to? And mm. because we, because of the cog of culture previously, it's just like mindless spending, filling the holes, Whatever, not oh, it's all, this all is this. economics informed by natural law. Ooh. Tell us about so that. when you when you when you go into natural law, this is like the good, the true, and the beautiful are just the English word signal symbol for this. Like, look at the lotus, look at the blue morpho, look at the jaguar, the dolphin. Like, nature prioritizes the good, the true, and the beautiful. The evolutionary engine of God's mind, whatever. This thing is, right? Even if it's a simulation, it's a divine simulation. I don't pretend to know what the all is, but it's generating beauty. It's generating art. It's generating goodness. And it's not good versus evil. I define goodness as the benevolence. So it's generative. It's productive. So the, the apple tree makes more apples than it could ever need to plant apple trees. So everybody wins. It's positive sum. And that's true. Positive, positive that's true. sum game. Positive sum game means that everybody can win. Zero sum game, which is how the current economic system is built, Rivalry, is winner take all. So if I win, you have to lose by definition. Mm-hmm. That's where debt and slavery come in. And music industry is like that. There's so many. Bingo. Bingo. So many music parts. industry is brutal what they do to artists. One of the all biggest right? examples of that that exists in, in culture. Mm hmm. Yes. It, it really embodies that, and, and there's a bunch of other industries that we could we could shame. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it it's it reminds me of this uh, Rumi poem, actually, uh, and and this idea that in in it's actually play is intelligence. Mm. Play is the neuron exploration, the culture mm. spreading out. And that creativity comes because we're playing. And as soon, and what happens when we get rid of play? We get adults. <laughs> but oh, not, yeah. not the not you know we get the dense adult adults. We don't get the king. We get we get the tyrants. We get the you know. There's no. Um, you got the the ones with the stick up their arse. <laughs> yeah, for real. I mean, it, it's so the the play piece game theory. The fact that life is a game. The fact that we are constantly interacting with each other is is why i believe like going back to marching orders for me it's relationship it's self and other it's it is we have to deal with like the very first war okay the very first war is myself and i second war is myself and my lover if we're being real like that's the, that's actually the the next place where i need to then and then that can become safe and a uh, home base and then out from there, it's okay, family, community, brothers, friends, tribe, community, so on and so forth. And it becomes just ever increasing concentric circles of boundary boundaries happening. 
you know, and that negotiation of, okay, how do we deal with this now? You know, what, what, when is, when is my boundary being crossed? When is your boundary being crossed? How do we negotiate this? And this is what causes war, but it also causes love and community. And I think that's, you know, this idea of Renaissance is really beautiful. And Mm. like, that's what I, that's the world I choose to live in. Yes. There's horrible darkness everywhere. And the universe is benevolent. The, The universe is looking out for all things. And, um, and actually, if I can, I would love to read this Rumi poem because it connects to this and I'm curious on your thoughts. So the grapes of my body can only become wine after the wine maker tramples me. I surrender my spirit like grapes to his trampling so my inmost heart can blaze and dance with joy. Although the grapes go on weeping, blood and sobbing, I cannot bear any more anguish, any more cruelty. The trampler stuffs cotton in his ears. I am not working in ignorance. You can deny me if you want. You have every excuse. But it is I who am the master of this work. And when, through my passion, you reach perfection, you will never be done praising my name. Oof. Bars. Oof. Oh, bless you, Rumi. Bless Jeez you, Louise. bless you, bless you. It's Jeez the, Louise. It's, it's the process in of this, alchemy. In the Sufi tradition, you know, the Saki, who is the wine pourer at the sacred cafe, bar, pub, you know, lusciously sipping hookah and wine. It's the intoxication of joy and love that like that, you know, that's the tradition in which Rumi is writing. So it's interesting mm-hmm. to know that intoxication is actually a spiritual path. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know, I know. Shri could talk into the intoxication from the bhakti tradition. What was coming to me was the grapes of the personality. And when we go through the, the annihilation that initiations bring sometimes of literally having your world destroyed, things you were attached to ripped from you, the soul comes online more and more and more, which is the alchemy of becoming wine. And so, although the personality might get pulled through the mud and, and have this anguish of endless tears and the things they talk about, eventually you realize it was all for you. It wasn't happening to you. It was happening for you. And the soul can live in the reverence of those experiences, even if the personality was, you know, and I, I was just like literally thinking about something today that I, I like resolved in my being around something that was such a huge pain point in my life. And I've been like grieving gradually over like six years and, and just this crystallization of deep reverence for this other person's soul and that there's nothing they can do to harm me ever, ever get anything they could say or try to do because that, that was one of the initiations in the purification that allowed me to, to, to become me. And so how could I ever hold, hold charge towards this other being who is a divine messenger of God p- playing their perfect role and sacred contract for my soul to evolve? It was for me. And so mm-hmm. this, that's what that poem was really touching on for me is the God, stomping on your per you know like mm-hmm. i am the grape and the wine I'm all of it and there's no escaping and it will only lead you to reverence if you actually surrender mm-hmm. magnificent that bird that bird is clapping yeah that bird is like <laughs> snaps all right all right this this um you know you brought up bhakti and uh, and I'm also very interested in Kaylee's perspective because he's he's a master of the Eastern traditions. Also, he brings in some of that wisdom. There's 
the beauty of of art and how it collides together with the, these tears that Rumi spoke about, this intoxication. It's like a, uh, it's it's a it's a reverence for tears. It's a reverence for um, wailing. It's a reverence for yearning. You know, especially in the Bhakti tradition, uh, th- this tradition of devotion. It's they say it's it's, you know, the separation from God is more attractive. The separation from all that is, the separation from the divine, is more desired than actually being there. Because when you're in that separation, you cry out so much more. You know, you call out so much more. And that calling out just just causes a uh, almost like a, a tear through the veil and allows you to connect to the source of all things. And what brings you there? You know, that discomfort, you know, that 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 2020 frighten where it's like, oh, suddenly, you know, there's this thing that's causing so much apparent death and worry and concern. Uh, these these moments of contrasts always come with with these major releases. This it, it is not just something that's spiritual bypassing. We're not making this up. It is not us just trying to make something bad sound good. It is in nature. You know, uh, a uh, a caterpillar becomes a butterfly through contrast. You know, like there's so many stories of, of shedding of skin in just natural life. And it is so important for us to cry. And it's so important for us to feel that that deep grief, you know, Martin Prechtel, uh, he's, I love Martin Prechtel and his books and, and how he speaks. He talks about grief and praise. You know, he's a, he's a, a Mayan elder, someone that brings forth that Mayan wisdom. And he has this book on grief and praise, and he, and he, and he brings that science in that, that grief and praise is uh, two sides of the coin of love. Like love is always present, always around us. God is love. But on both sides of that is is not just spirituality. It's not just being blissful and joyful all the time. Be like, yay, yay, yay. Uh, there's also, there's that. And then there's also the the grief, the sadness, the saying goodbye, the the loss, and being able to express that and to, and to, and to call out from that, you know. And that's art. That's why art is the renaissance because truly what we need in, in humanity is people to come into contact with these feelings that, that are so smashed down and hidden and and you know we're creating all these distractions from these parts of ourselves and and art gives us an access point to be able to paint that that story to paint that feeling to sing ah, to call from that place and have that vibration be felt and heard and it's it's so important and that's that's a that's a glimpse as to why art is the next renaissance because it's the place where these these calcified you know hidden stuffed into the subconscious feelings can have a way back out and we can access those parts of ourselves again and so that's that's intoxication you know that's the intoxication that's the that's the anchoring of that of that, oh, those, those, those tears. And lastly, I'll say that I love the fact that he was just like, English ain't, ain't gonna do the job here. You know, like English, you know, I've let go of English to express what I'm trying to express to you right now. And I think that that's so powerful because that's what I'm going through right now is just being like, 
letting go of what comes out of my mouth because that gives that makes me hesitate so often because I'm trying to think if my English is well enough to be understood or not. But fuck that. <laughs> Just love, feel, and 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 share and 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 see how that art comes out. And so I'm really appreciating that poem. Thank you, Kaylee. Really appreciating you, everything you're you're sharing right now, and I'm just really getting the uh, we are the, we are the flute that the Christ breath you know moves through that idea and and this idea of uh, becoming hollow so that that sound is beautiful, <laughs> and and so this idea of beauty, Kevin, you earlier you mentioned, I think you said the good, the bad, and the true. Is that right? Mm-hmm. The good, the bad, and the ugly part. (laughs) I see what you tried to do there, though. Slip that true in there. (laughs) But but the the idea of beauty. The good, the true, and the beautiful. The good, the true, and the beautiful. Thank you. So the good, the true, and the beautiful. It almost makes me think of such shit in Nandashri a little bit. Mm. So good would be Ananda. It's basically the Greek version of that. Like the Pythagoreans yeah. were basically enlightened yogis. Like they're very similar. Yeah, 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 for sure. Oh, I, I hear you. Yeah, and, and the idea of beauty as being superior to almost anything else as like a value. Um, beauty. Well, this is important to understand because the good, what is it? Even the four of us, we share so many values. We probably couldn't arrive at a consensus around the good. Mm-hmm. The true, what is it? We definitely, I mean, I'm just willing to bet, probably not going to come to a consensus here about the true, <laughs> true, right? The capital T. But the beautiful, I guarantee you, we all can appreciate beauty and agree on it. So the, the beauty is actually a key for humanity to open the gates. And you nailed it, Shri. Art can do the job. Art's the man for the job, the woman for the job. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I almost don't want to be good anymore. I'm kind of over it. Because <laughs> good is just so natural now. It's like we've studied it. We've read about it in books. And like it's just like now I'm at the point where I'm just trying to be good so much that I'm, that I'm, like, I'm, I'm like not being myself. <laughs> so, that, so the opportunity to to be a rebel, to not be nice all the time. And I'm kind of conflating a little bit because I know what, what you mean by good. So, there's, Yeah, there's a difference between the, the, mor- the morality and, and the behavioral conditional, you know, socially exactly, yeah. of these things. You know, I think, I think for me, the, the way that I would, if we want to synthesize and, and start to wind the conversation down, or I don't know, I don't know where, where we're at, um, like maybe we go into that. Maybe we like, share what's what's our deepest true true or our deepest the deepest good or the deep like most beautiful to each of us i think that could be a really cool way to, to like start to you know distill into our i'm feeling it i'm into that yeah let's do it and i would vote that we just we go around and do good and then we go around and do true and then we go around and do beautiful yeah let's and do so it. yeah for me for me good, goodness is so deeply woven with the energetic frequency of compassion. So it's not seeking to necessarily impose itself as a moral uh, moral ideology onto the world, but it, it is the, the goodness that we emanate in response to the world that is good. Like, that's how I feel 
goodness is. It's, it's the purity of the soul expressing itself from an informed place of compassion. And compassion being a very essential component of what true power is from the soul frequency, not the dominance version of power that we've been conditioned to. So goodness is existing and, and is exuberating from a frequency of compassion. And I'll swing it over to Kev. I vote we do all three in the, in the rotation. Okay. So I think right. it'll make way more sense. Sweet. I will go to the true. When I feel into the true, it's funny. I was talking to her from the other day, and I, I said true, true, like from, from Cloud Atlas. I was just like, that true, true. <laughs> that true, true. I feel like one of the m- most profound metrics for truth is the body. Like when, when I get chills, I know there's there's substance there. I know that there's truth there. And it's such a charged word for me in, in our world today with the information wars and different spiritual ideologies and different shadow projections and perspectives in relationship of, you know, the smoke and mirrors of what we think we see and how that's informing our, our lens. True truth to me it is, it is a subjective experience. And there's like a foundation of, is it supporting goodness? Is it supporting beauty? Is it supporting understanding? And so I guess the metric of truth for me has become the capacity to arise at understanding as we, as we explore the totem pole in the middle of the room and the many angles and facets to truth, to allow that truth has many forms and it can be experienced by all. And the most important thing that we do is, is, is learn to claim and live and honor our, our truth, our own truth, and be able to share that. Because I don't know that there's a universal truth other than, you know, said that love is love is all pervading. And then beautiful, I don't know what, that that needs like a full translation or or unique expression for me. I, I like what you said, Kevin. So we, we're all gonna come to some kind of agreement. What's beautiful? So you created this prompt, bro. Like you're in yeah. the you're right, bed right, you right. made. <laughs> all right. Well, what's beauty? The beauty way for me, like indigenous people. The Red Row, they talk, they talk about the beauty way. Prayer. The technology of prayer, to me, is, is the most beautiful thing that exists in parallel proximity to the feminine form, for me. So, beauty is the divine feminine, in my opinion. And it's also the divine masculine in reverence to the divine feminine. That is the most beautiful thing, for me. So that means Mother Earth, that means all her forms, all the beautiful sisters, all the different ways that that divine feminine energy can manifest manifest itself as form because the divine feminine is form by masculine being formless. So that interplay and all its expressions, that is very beautiful and from my experience. Like that's beauty and, the, and, and all the ways that that can be, all the forms of reverence. Like Rumi said, there's a, there's a thousand ways to kneel and kiss the earth. So I'll leave it at that. Swing it over to Kev. Beautiful. I'll keep this super succinct and simple. I think that'll be the most effective way to English this. <laughs> What's good? Subtract an O. It's God. What is God? I don't fucking know. But the good is God. You know, and that's why we call it the good good. Um, 
very simple. What is God? Brief definition, all that is. Okay, great. Um, what's true? What's truth? Capital T, not lowercase. Lowercase T is like, you know, well, this is my truth, brother. You know, that's cool. Subjective truth is fucking awesome. But capital T truth, what is it? Take away everything that you can at the layer of mind, at the layer of heart, the layer of spirit. What's left is truth. It's, it's there. It's evident. It's, it's, it's there. There's a lot on top of it in these human lives that we create and add, you know, which I would call illusion. Um, beautiful, what's beauty? It's the good and the true manifest. Done. Mm. Ninja synthesizer. <laughs> Dang, you're fast snapper, Shree. Uh, <laughs> Can you see my fingers moving? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like the ease there. I like the ease there. Uh, I feel um, I'm going to take that route also and say that uh, good, true, and beauty shows up when I am experiencing love. I know that it's 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 kind of my cheat sheet. I can right now choose the the polarity of love, and I have in every moment an opportunity to do that. And when I do that, I it almost gives me a a safe space to know that anything that I do while feeling that emotion is good. <laughs> it, it, it creates a boundary on its own behalf. Uh, and I love that you connected God equal good and we could keep connecting it. God equal love. Same for true. Same for same for beauty, the the opportunity to be in my own choice of love in any given moment. It doesn't matter how beautiful something is. If I'm internally not tuned in, then it's then it's usually ugly. <laughs> it's, I'm I'm usually in a dimension of whatever I'm feeling, and so there's there's an opportunity to 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 share that, that to, to do that work, to be the person in tune with love in every moment. And then also at the same time, uh, I love beautiful things. So, so just trusting that like, you know, like, yeah, this, this flute is fucking beautiful. You know, it was so beautiful that I went and got another one. I got another one with three holes in it. <laughs> And, and like, you know, I know what beauty looks like and just honoring my awareness that I know what beauty <laughs> looks like and, and 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 reveling in it. You know, if the food doesn't look beautiful, being able to say that, you know, and be arrogant about it a little bit for all three of these things. <laughs> and just be like, fuck it. I'm just going to own the fact that I'm going to say that this is good, you know. Um. So yeah, but ultimately that the the connection of the the feeling, the vibration of 
the signature of love, being able to cultivate what it feels like when it's happening and what you could do in your life to get a deeper connection to touching it and doing the thing and doing it so much that it happens in the micro milliseconds. Hmm. And so that's, that's my vibe. Love, love in every moment. Snaps. 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 So, Okay, I'm going to try and do this succinctly as well because everyone said something, you know, something that was so beautiful and I want to try and just uh, see if I can spin this in a, in a harmonious way. So the first thing that comes to mind is this quote from Srila Sridhar Maharaj. And he's a teacher in, in, our, in our tradition, in our bhakti yoga tradition. And he says that the, like, the main duty of the soul, the main, the primary objective, the marching orders of the soul upon being aware and awake is how do I save myself? And then it's how do I save others? And then it's how do I remove the darkness of ignorance? And how do I see the light? And then after that, what remains is how do I remove suffering? And how do I taste nectar? And so it's it's making me draw this connection of we goodness, uh, benevolence, is is love it is it is that that uh, i see myself in you namaste i see the divine in you right the same divine in me truth what is truth truth like kevin was saying that that which is left after everything else the the it reminds me of a bhagavad-gita quote uh, so that which changes is not eternal and therefore is not true that which is eternal is not illusion. It's uh, that's not exactly what it says, but that's you know, it, yeah. And so, yeah, is that what changes is is unchanging. And the seers of the truth have concluded this by studying the nature of both. So truth is that which is eternal. And uh, of, I agree, we're going to have different names on it. Now, what is beautiful? I believe, I believe that the most beautiful thing is the idea, the the heart conception that God is the divine couple and that all of reality in the universe is their playing. Well, <laughs> that's epic. And I was hoping uh, as we wind down, this has been an epic conversation. You all are epic. It has been seriously an honor to have you on the platform to share you with my audience. And I would uh, absolutely love to have deeper conversations with all of you and with each of you. And I was kind of wondering if Shikala would be willing to, uh, yeah, like share some amazing flute music uh, as a, as our outro here, if, if you'd be willing. And real quick, I would, be I would real, be real quick, let's just go round robin. Where is the best place to get in touch with you, Luke? At Luke Cohen, L U K E K O H E N. So all my handles across Clubhouse, Instagram, and dot com. L U K E. Amazing brother. L U K E K O H E N. I'll have that in the show notes. Luke, it's been awesome having you. I encourage everyone to go check him out, follow him, listen to this guy speak. Kevin, where's the best place for people to find you? Yeah, Kevin Oris, O-R-O-S-Z, dot com, and uh, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. It's all there. You'll find me. And uh, yeah, come play on Clubhouse. 
come play on BitCloud. If you're into that kind of thing. Um, decentralized social media. It's coming soon. Not here yet. Ah. It's coming. Yes, yes, yes. Please visit Brother Kevin. Go follow him. Shikala, King Kala, where can people connect with you? S R I K A L A. Google it. <laughs> Google Dave. That's all you need. S R I K L A. Google it. All right. And Shikala is going to take us out. Thank you, Luke. Thank you, Kevin. It's been amazing. And Shikala. Take it away. Thank you. Blessings Thank and you. love. Gross. All right. Tune in next time. This has been Be On Air. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Be On Air. I hope you enjoyed it and are now one step closer to turning on your mic and broadcasting your message to the world. Are you ready to start your own podcast and amplify your brand? Or are you struggling to get your show in front of engaged audiences? I can help you on your broadcasting journey. Get in touch with me and apply for a strategy session if you want to discuss your podcast idea. You can reach me at www.podcast-farm.com. I'm on all the social media. Until next time, my friends, I'm Kaylee Marks. Thanks for tuning in to Be On Air.